This is Lit Squad. Hi, I'm Mark Brody. There's been a lot of conversation over the past couple of years about what students should, and more to the point, should not be reading. Schools have also been getting pushback about the ways they're teaching about differences between people, be it race, gender, disability, or anything else. At the same time, there are more and more books dealing with more and more kinds of characters and situations, both for middle grade, generally 8 to 12-year-olds, and young adult readers, 12 to 18. We'll be talking to the authors of some of these books as part of a new podcast called Lit Squad. For our first episode, I chatted with Tom Levine and Jewel Parker Rhodes. Levine is the award-winning author of nine books, while Rhodes is a New York Times best-selling author and professor at Arizona State University. When I spoke with them, I started by asking Tom what he sees as the role of young adult and middle grade literature in teaching kids not just about their worlds, but about the worlds around them, especially compared to all the other media kids have access to. Now let's hear from Tom and Jewel. I would say that there is a safety that comes in books that we don't get in any other format, any other platform. We can read a book that is so far out of our experience. And obviously, you know, talking about children, uh, they don't have as many experiences as adults do, obviously. And reading books, like you said, about people who are different from them in any number of ways can give them a safe space and a safe time, I would say, to really dive into those differences and sort of swim around with them on their own terms and, and see what they discover. And I would add that, Fiction in particular not only um, provides that safe space that Tom spoke about, but it also, by its art, creates the scenes, the characters. It makes it so that it's participatory. So a reader's just not reading information about someone on the autistic syndrome or somebody who's queer or somebody who's experiencing racism, but instead a good fiction will take them into the story and allow them to feel it. So literally it's an active learning, active critical thinking, active you know, in terms of really emboldening the reader to feel and experience someone else's experiences. Jewel, do you feel a sense of responsibility, given what you and Tom both just said, to make sure that when you write, you are writing about diverse topics, that you're writing about different kinds of characters facing different kinds of situations and challenges, and not just writing about the same one type of character every time? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, you know, my mantra is that I want to have my books mirror as much as possible, as many sort of diverse differences uh, as there are in the world. And this all stems from my own sense that when I was growing up, all the characters that I read about were, you know, white, you know, um, heterosexual, nuclear family kind of stories. So I really felt there was no room for my storytelling. There was no room for stories that mirrored the communities that I lived in. Also, I think because sometimes I'm discriminated against as a woman, as a person of color, my job I feel is also to show children not to discriminate against anybody, not to stereotype anybody. We are all one human family. Tom, is it getting harder for kids to find books that are about situations and people that are different from them, given challenges to books, banning of books, different policies in different states that are that are coming online? 
I would say it's easier than ever to get a hold of these books. Very young kids, whether they should or not, which is a different conversation, but very young kids have access to phones or to tablets of some kind, to computers, and we have our libraries are still up and running and thriving, I would argue. Um, so those things are actually becoming easier, in my opinion, because they are hearing about these topics from so many perspectives. They're hearing about them on you know, platforms like TikTok or other social media sites. And the library is literally in the palm of your hand. You know, I've had uh, several of my titles, most notably Ghost Boys, banned. And it's actually increased the popularity. If you think about, you know, having someone say you shouldn't be allowed to read this book, that is so oppressive. You know, it takes us back to errors of slavery when, you know, African-Americans were told you're not allowed to be literate. It takes you to Ray Bradbury's, you know, Fahrenheit 451. And the idea that in America we would ban a book, I think actually encourages the independent spirit to say, no, I want to read this book and decide for myself. Jewel and I both write books, you know, generally kind of for that early teen to, to late teen audience and, you know, good luck telling them what they're not going to do, you know, so <laughs> I, I completely agree with Jewel's assessment on, on the banning of books is on the one hand, well, don't, that's just stupid. Um, <laughs> and on the other hand, well, okay, if you want a kid to do something, just tell them they can't and that'll take care of it, you know. Jewel, I want to ask you about the idea of these particular readers, you know, tweens, teens, like this particular population of students. How important is it for these kids to be able to read about characters who are both like them and unlike them, to both see themselves reflected and to see maybe people that they have not been exposed to or that they don't know personally uh, reflected on the page? Well, I see... Um youth readers as the most powerful force in the world. They're the kids that are gonna grow up and you know run our country, you know, save our planet from climate change and I believe discrimination and injustice. So I want them to be prepared as possible and to know the breadth, the depth of humanity, human experience is all to their benefit, becoming people themselves and more importantly, leaders. So books, books, and more books for diversity to be in sync with the world. Also, Mark, I would add that I believe everyone's story deserves to be told. So when you read books that have, you know, a character that might mirror you in some way, I think it's inspirational. So I see this proliferation of stories. I want to hear them all. We should share them all and we can learn from them all. I want to ask each of you about your approach to tackling difficult and complex and complicated situations for this demographic, because obviously, you know, young adult readers, middle grade readers are not the same as, as adult readers. Do you have to adjust, you know, how you discuss a certain topic or maybe a, a certain situation? Do you have to take a different approach to writing for this population of kids, which, you know, can be kind of a wide range of, of different uh, developmental stages for kids? Like, how do you try to go about doing that? I think one of the things that I try to do is always to have a young person's voice center my novel. 
And that voice is always an empowered, affirming voice. So even though bad things might happen, there's still this character who is going through these experiences, but he's not losing or she's not losing or they're not losing hope. So you can go through, I think, hard topics. Our kids live in this world. Um, we shouldn't patronize them. They see the news or are even on their cell phones or computer. There are mirrors of images that come to them that are about a really challenging traumatic world that we live in so don't lie about that instead present it in a nuanced way and in a way in which the child feels i can journey through this i can use my voice through this and i can even change the trauma to make it a better place to be i think we've seen i think it's safe to say at this point that we have seen over the last, let's say several years, that adults are really easy to fool. That is not the case with kids. Younger people have a really finely tuned BS meter and they use it, they deploy it uh, frequently. And in addition to everything that Jewel said, which is absolutely spot on, comes that voice of authenticity. If she or I or any other writers in this space in YA or middle grade were to try and, you know, sort of wag our finger at them or try to come at them with an after-school special, it's not going to work because it won't be authentic. It won't be true. And our readers will sense that a mile away and they will put that book down in a moment. And I really like the word hope that Jewel used. It reminds me of something um, one of my favorite authors said, uh, Lori Holtz Anderson, who wrote the incredible novel Speak, which is, I think, a must read. She said at an author event many, many years ago now, it is immoral to not include hope in books for young people. And that has stayed with me for my entire career. And I think she's absolutely right about that. We owe it to our readers that no matter how bad the story may get for our characters, and it's our job to make it bad for them, but no matter what happens to those characters in this genre, in these two genres specifically, we really, really owe it to the readers to include hope. The times have changed. Technology has changed. Politics has changed. You know, There's been a lot of change socially and culturally, but the fundamental makeup of adolescence hasn't really changed over many, many decades. So there are certain realities that people are still dealing with. You might have an iPhone and social media and this and that that I didn't have when I was in eighth grade, but you know what? We're both still going, does anybody like me? What happens if I talk to that girl? Why aren't my parents talking to me? Why is it, you know, the, the fundamental questions about uh, the world around us are still the same. And I see it every single time I go to do a school visit. And that's, you know, been 12 or 13 years now. Um, different students, different things happening in the world, but their concerns are still the exact same ones that my friends and I had when we were that age. You've been listening to Lit Squad. An earlier version of the story appeared on KJZZ's The Show. If you like this episode, subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Lit Squad is a KJZZ original production. It was produced by Sativa Peterson. I'm Mark Brody. Until next time, thanks for listening.